pretty soon everything in the supermarket will cost more money. So the fact of it is, we're gonna have to tighten our belts or make more money. I'm George Markoski and welcome to the Positive Property Show. Hello to everyone and welcome to our Thursday Night Live. I'm excited for an exciting session. Look, what are you gonna do when petrol is $3 a litre? And I'm gonna explain what we're gonna be doing and what you can do about this now. Very important because, you know, at the moment, there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? There's the Russian-Ukraine war. There's, um, we just finished COVID. There's a lot going on. Yeah, absolutely. And so what we need to do really is sort of, we thought COVID, you know, once COVID hit, then suddenly, you know, then it was going to be fine, but no. Right. And what I'm doing this weekend is I'm actually having an emergency live Zoom call with Robert Kiyosaki this Saturday. Fantastic. Awesome. Right. And you know why? Why? As you probably already guessed, things are going to get a bit weird with the economy. Yeah. Right. And you need to be prepared. That's the fact yep. of it. The fact of it is things are going to get weird. And okay. you've got to get prepared. It's not all doom and gloom, guys. It's not all doom and gloom, but you do need well, to be prepared. There's going to be lots of changes. Correct. It's so, all about being prepared and having the right information. Yes. You don't, also, of getting, you don't want to get caught up too much with what the media are kind of hammering us with as well because there's well, lots of different angles. You're pure blog, get excited. Oh, fantastic. Well, I might I in, thought, indulge I as well. Well, I thought, I'd, you know, it's a hot day here, so I thought I'd go for a cider with some ice. And um, I want to talk about what's happening with the petrol prices. Um, on the weekend, I was on the radio. Oh, also, some good news. Channel 10 approached me to do their – they wanted the property expert on, and they reached out to me, and I'm going to be doing a regular show on Channel 10. Yeah. It's called Do It Quiet. So Sorry, I missed that. Say that again. It, it, the show is called Build to Buy. Right. And what they do is they fly around Australia with some celebrity guy and me. Yep. And we cruise around and um, help people. Thank you. And we're going to help people invest in buying property. So these people are buying a property. I'm going to be giving them my professional opinion and talk about what's happening. I think, you know, I thought it could be fun. They, they approached me last year and I said yes. And then I didn't hear from them. I thought, wow, they all cooled off. But what happened was because of the lockdown, Channel 10 couldn't really fly around the country. Yeah, right. So Absolutely. now um, that's, that's really exciting. I know. And on the weekend, I was on a 2UE or some some two big radio, some big radio station in, in Sydney. Yes. What Fantastic. time they would show you on Channel 10? I'll find out and I'll let everyone know. And um, I certainly will. And now there's a lot of people reaching out in the media wondering what's going to happen to the economy. And I know I talk about property. To know about property, you need to know about the economy. So now I've sort of defaulted on talking about the economy as well. Yes, absolutely. So I thought, now that I'm going on TV, I better get myself more professional. I bought myself a new top instead of wearing my nice T-shirt. Very nice, George. Looking very suave. Love it, it love it, love me, it. took me two weeks to get this top. Ah, why is that? I saw, it, I saw it in Hugo Boss, the wrong size, in uh, Pacific Fair. So I said, hey, here's the money. Just send the right size to Adelaide, even Adelaide store, my house. I don't care. They said, no, nah, you can't do it. Okay, what do you mean? Why not just 
So they said, no, you've got to ring up and then order it and then go to another store. Too like, hard basket. It's like, yeah, take my money. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> now, things are getting weird in the economy. There's, if anyone hasn't heard, there's a war between Ukraine and Russia. And we've discussed really? it. You, you need to be living it. under a rock not to know about that stuff. But, yes, it's happening. We discussed happening. it a bit last week and what's going to happen. And today I want to go dive in deep and talk about petrol prices because when petrol prices go, go up, usually there's a recession afterwards. Yes. Right? That's the fact of it. That's yes. what happens. Now, since the 70s, in the 1970s, we were dependent on fuel, really dependent. Because you need fuel for plastics, you need fuel for transport, you need fuel for growing things, moving Lots things of around. Lots of That's industry. Right. That's right. And I don't know if you've noticed already, but meat has already gone up in the supermarket, red meat. And that's because of petrol price going up, a direct correlation. Yes. Right? And pretty soon, everything in the supermarket will cost more money. Yes. So the fact of it is, we're going to have to tighten our belts or make more money. That's the two options we've got at the moment because the cost of living is going to go up as it hasn't already. already. See, COVID has already pushed the cost of living up because of inflation. Yeah, was just now inflation. we're going to be doing even more. Now, there's a bright side to this. The bright side is we're not as dependent as we used to be on petrol and fuel and oil and things because at the moment we're doing a lot of renewables instead. So to get electricity, we use renewables. A lot of people solar power. We're a lot more independent now. And I think this war, funny enough, is going to really be the kickstart of the green revolution. Yes. There's going to be winners and losers, unfortunately. And look, there was a question that, you know, was asked the other day in the group, is it fair to profit out of war? And look, I think war's a bad thing. I'm against war. I think it's a bad thing. And I think making money of the suffering of others is bad, just like in the old days when people made money from slavery. Terrible. It's very bad. And I think profiteering from war is definitely not on. It's bad. However, the war is going to create a big wave for the economy of certain things. And if you don't prepare yourself, then that wave could drown you or you could get on top and surf the wave. And the question is, what would you prefer to do? Would you rather get drowned by the wave from this war, which can happen to a lot of people, or yeah. would you rather surf the wave? Yeah. That's the question. And that's the real question we need to be asking ourselves. Right? Because the question isn't, is it good or bad to profit from war? Obviously, it's bad, and you shouldn't be doing that. However, the after effects, the shock effects of the war, the wave, got nothing, it's got to do with the war, but um, are you going to get drowned by the wave or are you going to ride the wave? That's a big question. And you're not morally superior if you get drowned. Actually, you can do less good in the world by drowning off the wave. You're better off surfing the wave. That's what I say. And. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You've just frozen up there a bit, Georgie. He's playing statues again. 
<laughs> so hopefully George comes back to us in a minute. He's playing statues with us at the moment. Got to love the internet. Fantastic. I mean, look, I suppose one of the biggest things is where we're talking about, you know, what, what are you going to do when it hits $3 a litre when it comes to petrol? Um, okay. You're back. Fantastic. I'm back. I'm back. I mean, look, I suppose one of the things that most people are asking, especially if, you know, the people that are tuned into this is the Australian, you know, investors group, you know, is it, is it a good time to buy property? Is it the right time? Should we wait? You know, does yeah. petrol good prices question. going up mean should we hold out and not buy property? Do we get our, yeah. get our you know, do we get our foot in the game? What, what's, what, what, what's your thoughts? Good idea, good idea. And look, guys, if you're on the chat, if you can see us in the group, type in the chat, ask your questions because, you know, more interaction I get, the better, which is great. But I'm going to – that's a good question, Chris Belinda. Great question. Almost called you Christina. Um, right, I'm used to it. The question you're asking is, you know, what do you do now? What do you do? And I'm going to answer that because, funny enough, I was talking to Robert about this last weekend, right, after our Masters of Wealth. We had a little bit of a chat that yesterday, last Saturday, late afternoon. And it's interesting. We both have the same theory on this because the fact of it is there's going to be storms. They're going to be happening. And the world's moving very quick at the moment. Can you hear me, see me, Belinda? Because you seem to be frozen. I don't know if it's me I'm, or you. No, no. I can see you. I can hear you. You're talking and I'm watching into Facebook as well. All good. Great, great, great. Okay, great. So... We're talking about this and we're thinking to ourselves, okay, what do you what do you do? What do we tell people to do? And look, a lot of people are asking the question of whether we should wait to invest in property. Yes. Now I've been investing for 30 years and I've been very successful. And there's two type, there's there's one type of person that never makes money out of property, and the other person who makes money out of property. So two distinctions, and you can choose to be one or two of these people. Now, distinction number one, a person that doesn't have property doesn't make money out of property. Have we got that clear with everyone? Yes, absolutely. Crystal right. clear. That's, that's just a fact. So, can we just repeat that again? Because that's very okay. powerful. So the one category of people that never make money out of property is people that don't have property. Yeah. Right? The last three booms that I've been part of, every single boom, these people that don't have property have missed out. Yeah. Absolutely. Those people 100% don't make money out of property. Yep. And, and I, yep, go. Yeah, I was going to say, that kind of asks the next, the question that's just come up. How do, uh, what do we do to surf the wave? Yeah, so the, the, surfing the wave, there's the deal. Um, you, you've got to be careful because if you don't know how to surf and you try to surf the wave, what's going to happen? You might you're get fall over, you might drown. You're going to drown. Right. So the people that are just sit there, right, that don't invest in property, what's going to happen to them when the big wave comes up? It's going to drown them. Well, they've got to make sure they've got the right strategy, they've got the right growth, and they've yeah, got let, the right let's, cash flow. Well, let's, let's start. I mean, the people standing in the wave, what's going to happen to them? The ones that aren't even jumping on a surfboard. They're screwed. They're gone. Done. But what happens is when petrol goes up, there's going to be a super commodity boom at the moment which is going to create inflation, which hard assets are going to go up, right? Hard assets will be going up. And if you have soft assets, you're going to end up very poor. 
at the end of this cycle. If you haven't already, because what's happened, we've had, we've had two years of inflation and two years been eroding people's savings and dwindling them down to next to nothing. And yeah. now, if you think the savings weren't hammered enough, the petrol price is going to put the nail in the coffin. This is the nail in the coffin of people's savings, of people's yeah. shares. Our share market dropped like crazy when yeah. we heard about the war. European stock markets dropped. It's going to be tough times. And it's not going to – wars don't end quickly. <coughs> right? No, no, absolutely not. But even you look at um, America and Afghanistan, right? They practically blitzed it straight away, but they didn't win the war. They didn't end for 20 years. Yeah. Right? And that's the biggest superpower in the world. Now, Russia's not America. It's not the same strength. Um, no. And Ukraine's not not Afghanistan. I mean, Ukraine's a modern country. Yep. Not Afghanistan, where you're fighting goat herders. You're fighting a modern <laughs> nation. And yeah. a lot of people, it's very different, right? Absolutely. You, know, you can't, you know, there's all those millions of people. You can't control them with a small army. It's not going to happen, even a big army. Yes, absolutely. So the fact that it is, it's going to go on for a while. And even if the war stops, we've got all these sanctions, we've got all this stuff, the world's going to become bipolar. So get ready for a bipolar world. It wasn't bipolar enough. Hmm. So what's happening is Russia and China are joining forces and America and the West are joining forces. And they're trying to take as much of Africa and Asia as they can for themselves. Yeah, right. What's happening is America's going in and going, okay, okay, um, Nigeria, um, we want Shell to come in here, mind, get your oil, um, and this is what's happening. Then China comes in and goes, look, we'll build you, we'll, every time we, bu we build an oil pipe, we'll build you a new school, right? And they're competing like that. Absolutely. That's what's happening at the moment. They're competing. And the fact of it is becoming bipolar. So a bipolar world is where, Basically, what happened was when we had the Iron Curtain. What's the Iron Curtain for novices out there? Okay, so after World War Two, we're getting um, a history we, lesson, ladies and gentlemen. After <laughs> World War Two, we ended up in a bipolar world because what happened, or unipolar world, what happened was, um, I call it bipolar, but it's unipolar, which means two poles. Um, so what happened was you had the USSR as one sort of centre, and you had America and the and the West as another centre. There was an Iron Curtain across Eastern Europe where there was no communication. People couldn't leave the communist countries or anything. It was terrible. And yeah. it was part of the Cold War. Then in the 1990s, I think it was 91, 92, I think it was 91, USSR fell apart. Yes. And that's when Ukraine gained its independence. Yes, that's correct. Yeah? And they did it through legislation. They did it through legal means. They gained independence. And they said, look, you know, you give us independence, we'll give you back the nuclear weapons to Russia. Russia said, okay, fine. America said, yep. And then they said, look, we won't join NATO, we promise. And that's part of the reason now because they wanted to apply NATO and Russia didn't like it. So it's quite complicated. And I'm not saying who's wrong and who's right because I think killing people is wrong. I don't care what excuse is, right? That's simple. That's as simple as it gets for me. I don't think, um, I don't care what your excuse is. The actions are more louder. I didn't care what someone else was doing. Killing people was not the right thing to do. Anyway, so, so we're in a unipolar world, a bipolar world. There's two centers of influence. And what's happened now, the West have cut Russia off from everything. 
including Visa, MasterCard. They're not buying oil or gas from them, not buying aluminium. So now what's happening is America, Russia are punishing all Western countries in Russia and stuffing them up. And then the West is doing the same thing to Russian people and countries. Yeah. It's a free-for-all. Yeah. So these, these um, Russian oligarchs, their, their um, yachts are getting confiscated. There's companies going broke. There's a lot yes. of people who lose money. There's a lot of opportunities as well. Yes. Australia is set to gain a lot. Yes. But we've just increased our military budget by a massive amount today. So what does that mean to the average Australian? Well, if we increase our military budget, it means that we need to spend that money. That means more jobs, more people buying things, and more money in the economy. Right. So we're going to be printing more money to do this. So, so what's happening is we've got a big wave coming. So this is going to accelerate the boom. It's going to make it even bigger than what it was. Yep. But you've got to get it right. You don't want to get the wrong properties. Absolutely. Right? So if you want to surf, get a professional surfer to do it with you and help you to get because that right catcher. Absolutely. It's, it's, there's so much involved in surfing because it's not just, you know, getting the perfect weight. You need the right board. You need the right training. You know, do you like a left-hand hooker or a right-hand hooker? I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's all about it's, it's, it's getting that ingredients correct. You new surfboards now with the hydrofoils. I know. Hey, actually, funny enough, I saw a guy out the front of my place here last week. He put a surfboard in. I thought, oh, he's just going to have a paddle. And then, boom, he's got an engine on the back of it. He's surfing. Yeah, on, I'm, on an I'm, I'm thinking of buying one of those for my house. They're really <laughs> yeah, cool. That'd be a lot of fun. That's, look, that's just, a, that's just a stand-up paddleboard with an engine, really. That's what I'm thinking of buying one. Then I could just cruise down to um, Grange, get a coffee, come back on the board. Yeah, you you need Einstein in the front of it. Yeah, I'll sit him in the front. Look, I see a lot of people with paddleboarders with their dogs on the front. He'll learn. Yeah. He's a big boy now, though. He's big. Oh, is he? <laughs> he's big. He's heavy. I lift him now. He's heavy. He's big boy. So, just getting back to the like the whole idea of you okay, know so, so petrol. It's all, okay. So, what it's all about? What Robert and I spoke about last week. What it's all about is actually building up a war chest and being resilient. Yes. Right. It's all about resilience. Yep. Because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't have a crystal ball. And the fact of it is things are going crazy at the moment. Yes. Right? And, um, you know, the fact that it is, you know, all the stuff is getting weird. And the problem is I'm seeing investors getting literally the worst information advice on wealth um, on the internet. You know what I mean? I know. I know. Right? It's, it's crazy. Just, it's like, it's, some of the advice that I've heard is just ridiculous. Right? And the thing is... That the well prepared investors now in 2022, the gains they're going to make are going to make the last few decades look like peanuts. Ah, yeah, Seriously, right. Right? Seriously, that's the deal. And But the problem is, there's just so many people out there going, going online, on uh, going on um, Google and yep. YouTube, 
yep. and getting a lot of the wrong information because there's lots of people out there with their, with their thing. And the thing is, you know, if you're going to listen to someone, listen to someone's got the results on the board, right? Yep. Get someone that's got the got the runs on the board, knows what they're talking about. And realistically, who was your mentor? I mean, Robert Kiyosaki. Yes. So he's probably, well, no, he's not probably, he's the number one uh, finance person in the world. And a lot of people are scared at the moment. Absolutely. Right? And they should be. Because if you don't know what you're doing and a big wave's coming, you should be scared. But you know who's not scared? The educated investors are not scared. They're actually excited. They're going, yes. Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. But at the end of the day, when you create resilience and when you know the core principles, then it doesn't matter what the market's doing. Yeah. So a lot of these cowboys out there that have got these complicated strategies that sometimes work in some markets, they don't, they don't, they're not covered with the three different pillars. And if, once you've got the three pillars, keep you safe no matter what the market's doing. That's right. Absolutely. And that's why it's important. Right. Yep. And you know what I like to say is if if people haven't been to my summit, um, if you haven't been to my summit, we're doing um the emergency live zoom this Saturday. Type in hashtag emergency live zoom and I'll send you a link because <laughs> emergency live zoom because you really need to know this stuff. But it's all about building resilience. And how do you build resilience? Well, you build resilience by creating a passive income. Yes. Because when you've got passive income, it doesn't matter what the economy is doing. It doesn't matter if you keep your job, lose your job. If your property goes up or down, if you've got passive income coming in, it doesn't make a difference. Now, the fact of it is, I've been through, I went through the GFC crisis. Sure did. Portfolio. And I had many of my members go through the crisis. You sure did. Right? So we went through that wave because that crisis, the GFC, totally screwed so many investors over. It sure destroyed did. people. It made people, a lot of people lost 50% of the investments, right? People were wiped out, wiped a lot of people out, which is sad. You know, I hate to see that, but it wiped a lot of people out. And it didn't wipe us out. It, we came out actually better and stronger, and we rode yeah. the way through. That's the important thing. So, you know, you want to get someone that's already been through the GFC so they know how to handle this. And luckily, you know, with our program, because we've got the resilience, we've got the three pillars, it made it a lot easier for us because literally we had to do nothing, right? That this is the amazing thing. What happened was the GFC hit. All these people going, do, you, do I sell? Do I do this? Do I do that? And there was all people doing all sorts of stuff. People selling, people holding, people buying, people stuff. We did nothing and yeah. came out better for it. And yeah, that's, absolutely. And that's the key because when you're prepared, when you're resilient, when you've got um, um, when you've got a structure that feeds itself without you actually doing anything, that's the true power and the freedom of creating that. Because I call that F you money, right? <laughs> I love it. When you've got enough, when you replace your income through property, you can go to work, and if your boss is a dick, you can say to your boss, "F you." <laughs> right. Love it. And having a few money is good, especially in times of crisis. Yes, absolutely. Cash is king. I say, I say no. Cash is not king. Cash flow is king. 
Yes, absolutely. Right? Cash is not king. Cash is actually worse than king. It's the worst. It's sitting there doing nothing. But you know yeah. what? Cash flow is king because that's what makes you money. Correct. Okay. And you want your money working for you while you sleep. And this is the problem. You've got people out there going, cash is king. They don't realise half it's gone. They're not even, they don't even understand. <laughs> they don't get it. They don't understand what it means exactly. Absolutely. So, guys, regarding, you know, petrol pricing, um, you know, advice, this is your chance to have a bit of a chat to George. Exactly. So the fact of it is what's going to happen is people are going to have less income, which may slow down the property market. But because there's going to be a commodity boom and because the money, the government now is going to start spending big on defence, which is going to push more money into the economy. It's going to push property prices up. So there's certain areas in Australia that are set to boom. And that's what we're jumping on with our members to get on these booming boom markets, these boom towns yeah. and getting there. And I'm talking capital cities and things like that. But some yeah. cities, some places are just no good, not going to work. Yeah. That's the thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, the good thing is, finally... My tax account got back to me this week. Yes, tell us the and, good news. Well, okay. So, I, heard, I heard through the grapevine in the company. Because, yeah. so. So, you know, we charge for our membership when people come and pay for our membership. We'd love to be a charity, but we're not quite there yet. Well, no, we don't want to be a charity. We don't all. want to be a charity. No, we, we wouldn't love to be a charity at all because the fact of it is that um, I would rather empower people, right, and give them the tools to succeed than just get them. I'd rather teach you fish than give you a fish. That's usually my comment right? too. Absolutely. So we, wouldn't, we wouldn't love to be a charity. We would love to be a, a property and coaching program, which we are, funny enough. Uh, we also do charity as well, which is G1. That's right. We're building a school in Cambodia. Now, so the, the thing is, um, so my tax accountant said, George, this is the good news. Everyone joining a program, depending on the circumstances, this is just general, but on average, they can say get 70% tax deduction on their membership. Yay! So not only are we helping people use, um, you know, we're helping people get up to $80,000 in tax deductions per property. On top of that. So powerful. But on top of that, they're getting a tax deduction <laughs> to learn how to get a tax deduction. Yes, absolutely. Like that is like... Um, Meta. Absolutely. So we've got a couple of questions coming through. Everyone is saying buy everywhere, including regional. As all places are going up, why do you only buy near capital cities? Yeah, look, there's, there's two types of growth when it comes to the property market. There's the long-term slow growth, and then there's the boom-bust cycles of some areas. So. Yeah. A lot of times in country areas, rural places, regional, mining towns, things like that, with um, capital cities actually in the centre CBDs, wherever there's a lot of um, high rises, that's all boom bust. So what happens? It goes up, then it goes down, goes up and goes down. It's like a seesaw. Yep. And if you like me, being up on a seesaw probably make you a little bit nauseous too much of that, like a pirate ship. I'll yeah. rather... I, I prefer having a low, steady burn. I want my properties doubling every seven or ten years. And I don't want to have to worry about timing the market and selling them. 
I want to buy a property. I want to keep it forever. I want it to keep going up. And I never want to have to look at it again if I don't. Yes. Every now and again, I do. I mean, when Christina and I were in Brisbane, we drove past some of our properties on the highway. We yes. didn't have to pull over to have a look. We've never yes. seen them. We've never seen them. And we didn't bother. Yep. So I was tempted, but I was too busy. So, you know, a lot of people have the urge to look at their properties. It doesn't matter. As long as they're making the money, I don't need to look at them. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. What's the point? I mean, what's the difference? The most important thing is the numbers. Is the property making you money? Yeah, right. Yes. So that's why, you know, I'm saying don't buy everywhere if you want to buy long term. If you want to buy short term and you want to speculate and time the market, good luck to you. But usually the shorter period you've got property for, the less money you make. Yeah. Actually, you know, 80% of property investors lose money in the first year. Yep. Right. And and, but, and look, it comes down to that idea that if, if it, investing was easy, everyone would be doing it. And look, once you understand the basic principles, it does get easy, but you need to understand those principles. Belinda, exactly. Exactly what you said. Totally. Correct. Absolutely. I've had a couple of questions just come through because we're obviously in a couple of different channels and this is going to be a, a podcast as well. But uh, One person has actually asked, um, can you withdraw equity from a property overseas and then use it in Australia if you don't actually have a loan against it? Can that be done or no? Depends on the situation. It can be done. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So there's a bit of a hope there. Yeah, of course, of course. Look, if you've got an asset, anywhere in the world, there's a way to use that asset to grow. Oh, there's a will, there's a way. Where there's an asset, there's a way as well. If you've got the will, you need the asset as well. You've got the will and the asset, you will, will make it happen. Definitely. That's Correct. the fact. I always think even with a lot of our members that come through, sometimes everyone's just like a big Rubik's Cube and our job is to depuzzle it and work out the situation to get them onto the right blueprint so they can, you know, do their goals because that's really what it comes down to. Exactly. And the thing is, I mean, our team has seen it all before. So no matter what they see, they've seen it over and over. Okay. So obviously someone's tapping into that question that we just asked. Where would you go to ask that's, that stuff? Um, where's the property? So it depends where the property is. Um, looks like the property's in India. So what you'd have to do in India is see what possibility there is of using that asset to get the equity out. So how can you, how do you get equity out of a property in India? Okay. I'll give you a few ideas. You can go to a bank. They yep. may or may not give you the loan depending on the rules in that country. Cause some countries will let you get a loan without a job there. And even if you're not living there, especially if you live in Australia, you're making Australian money, but that may not be the case. Then you go to a second or third tier lender, which is a bit more flexible than normal bank. Yep. Then you've got private, private equity. Then you've got actually sell it and get the money. So there's lots of different options there. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of being creative. So when it comes to getting money out of property and cars or different assets, there's different ways of doing things. And I've always been very creative when I've um, used my assets. As you know, I mean, I used the BMW to buy a restaurant. I know you did. 
So, you know what I mean? I had no it's, about, it's all about being creative and legal, you know. I, I, had zero, I had zero money in the bank. And actually, I didn't have a BMW. I had a commission check that was owed to me, and I did a deal, swapped that for a BMW. And then I got the BMW, got a loan on the BMW, got the loan from the BMW, even though I owned the BMW, and used that to buy a restaurant. Hi. And, you know, it, funny enough, this is, the, this is the interesting thing. I mean, you know, by being creative, I turned a $16,000 commission check into a million-dollar restaurant. That's crazy. Right. But that's being very creative. Fantastic. That that's being thinking, creative. that's Look, thinking out the box. Well, the, the deal is, right, and this is the deal, because a lot of people that want to join our program, they're like, oh, you know, I haven't got a deposit or I haven't got this and I haven't got that. And deposit schmozzit, right? <laughs> I love it. No, seriously. You need to, one, if you want to be successful, right, don't find reasons not to be successful. Find reasons to be successful. Don't yes. find reasons not to do it. Find the way to do it. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's not going to be easy, right? It's not going to be easy. But you know what? You need to do it because yes. you need to do it somehow. The fact of it is um, your creativity, your resilience, you're willing to, exactly like you said, the Rubik's Cube, just keep changing the combinations till you get it right is Absolutely. the important thing. Because if you quit, you're guaranteed to lose, correct? That's right. Absolutely. When I, when I first started in property, I didn't know what I was doing. I was yeah. following the normal advice of normal people. I was out there listening to all the different people going, this is what you do. And they were giving me 50 different strategies. And I was like, you know, flip this property, do a development there, do a reno. Yep. through multiple rooms in one house. I tried it all, right? And at the end, I was negative gear. I was losing money every week and I was frustrated. And I had a choice. You know, quit property or, and try something else or really work it out. And yep. I knew, for me, there was no other option. Yeah, I yeah. knew that 90% of self-made millionaires made it out of property. Yeah. And I didn't want to live a normal life. I wanted to live a good life. I wanted to create passive income. And I knew the only way to do it was through property. And I read Rick Dad and Poor Dad. And I thought one day I'd love to be able to meet him. How cool is that that we collaborate? And I'll, you know. I, hey, can you believe once upon a time you read his book, could you imagine fast forwarding, you know, to a couple of decades later, now you're talking on the phone on a regular basis yeah, and he's a part of our team? I, I mean, hello. It's amazing. I mean, when I first read his book, I had nothing. Yeah. But I just started with nothing. You know, as you know my story, you know, I came from an average family. My parents are migrants. They came from Macedonia. They, my father worked at Holes and mum worked at a chicken factory. I was yeah. never given anything. I had to pay for my own schooling. I had to pay for everything myself. Everything I earned in life, I got paid for myself. I never got given one thing. Yeah. Right. But that's made me resilient. It's made me work hard. Do you invest outside of property? Yes, I do. Because, look, as Warren Buffett says, don't diversify. We spoke about this last week. Remember, we were talking about how financial planners yes. talk about diversify because that way they're covering their ass. You've got to go all in to one or two buckets. And the number one bucket to go in is property. Number two bucket is business. Mm -hmm. Right, that's the fact of it. That's what that's what most millionaires do. And once you've got to 
you know, we've got the cash flow quadrant. You got E for employee, S for self-employed, B for business owner, I for investor. Yes. Once you're in that category of investor, then you can invest in other side of outside of property if you want to have a bit of fun. I yes. you know I put a bit of money in Bitcoin, you know, buy a business here or there for a bit of fun. That's yeah. my fun time. I don't go to the casino. Instead, I use Bitcoin as my casino, right? So, but to me, it doesn't matter if I lose money on these other ventures because the properties are there that make me the real money and give me the, the stuff. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so the the two really big rules, and I'll go through the one of the big rules, right? When you first start out, you've got to do whatever it takes. Yes. Work 80 hours if you have to. Work overtime. Save every cent. Don't waste your money on dinners or nice clothes or nice cars or anything like that, right? Put your money, save it up until you've got enough money to invest and then invest your money, right? Don't spend your money on BS. Once you've got passive income, the good news is the passive income, you can do whatever you like with it. Happy days. see me spending big now, but... I don't spend money you that were, I... You weren't, you weren't like that in the early days, so... No, but I, I only spend money that I get for free. Yes. Because it comes back again. You know, imagine if you had a golden goose and they laid a golden egg every day. You could spend that egg. I don't yes. spend the goose. Ha! Exactly. Right? 100%. Don't Absolutely. spend the goose. Don't spend the goose. Don't kill the goose. <laughs> That's what it, right? What yeah. you need to do is... but. You need to get enough to buy that golden goose, buy that property and make sure you're getting those eggs. And then you're set. So at the beginning, you've got to work harder. You've got to save harder. You've got to do whatever it takes. You know, I've had members come on board and I've got them to sell their cars to buy property. I've got people selling their jet skis to buy property. I've got people that got their parents to come and guarantor. They've done JVs, their brothers, their sisters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Get it done. Get it done. Do right? whatever it takes. Rapid Right? And then I've had people that join with zero deposit and then now they've got millions of dollars worth of property. Yeah, big zero they started with. That's right. And the fact of it is they did it now and now they can have some fun. Yep. And they're, they're, they've also um, they've grown and their mindset's really changed as well because they're not going out, excuse the expression, going out and buying stupid shit because they now realise the, the, the growth and the things they can do. With that that money. Exactly. I mean, I think this top was like four hundred dollars. Oh wow. Hey, it's retro. Um, it's a beautiful um, but you know what? I'll never have bought this when I was like saving up to buy. But now it doesn't matter. It's like that's just you know, half of one property, one week. Exactly, exactly. More money again. So that's the way it works, guys. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean look. Can I just interrupt there because yeah. um, I've been, obviously I speak to a lot of people who want to kind of get involved and there is a lot of, I, I, I don't want to say it because I'm, I'm quite positive, but there's a bit of doom and gloom out there going, I want to get involved in property, but ah, the pro- property is going to crash. I, I get that a lot. Yeah, look- because I'm an educated investor, I kind of like, well, I know what's going on, but how, what would you say to those people that say, oh, the market's going to crash, I'd rather deal with shares and all this other stuff? Well, yeah, you're really safe for shares. Duh. Hello. <laughs> I've been doing this for 25 years, right? And 
over the last 25 years, imagine if you could go back and invest, you'd be going amazing, correct? Yep. Anytime in the last 25 years. Absolutely. But though during those 25 years, I've had people every week tell me different people that the market's going to crash. Oh no, I'm holding out. I'm waiting. I'm Actually, out, I'm let's waiting. just let's just stop there for a second. The media have been saying for the last 10 years, at least once a year, 25 the market's years. Gonna yeah. crash. And remember they had that bricks and slaughter, and I did that big YouTube retort. A channel and I wanted to pull my video down, but then they couldn't. Uh, that was 60 it. minutes saying that the market it's, was going to crash. 60 minutes said the market was going to crash. And I got on our YouTube and said, this is a load of BS. <laughs> it's going to boom. And they tried to pull it down, but they couldn't. And I said it was going to boom. They said it was going to crash. What happened? It, it boomed. Went. It boomed. Okay. I've, I've gotten this right so many, many times. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That's 100%. the fact. And even if the market crashes, right, let's say the market crashes, which it did during 2008, we're not buying the average properties. We're not buying just anything. The, the properties we had didn't crash. No. Right? Absolutely. Because there's, there's 15,000 suburbs in Australia. And out of those 15,000 suburbs, there's always 500 that never crash, even if another 14,000 crash. Mm -hmm. That's the fact of it. You've just got to be careful what you get, the boutique stuff, the important stuff. You've got to get the right stuff. Absolutely. Right. Um, and someone, one of our members just reached out and said, boutique, hello. Exactly. The fact of it is, I mean, there's always going to be doom and gloom. That's just the mindset thing. Right, yeah. and and the media say it because if it bleeds, it leads. And people that say it to you, they say it because they're idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I get some people saying, "Oh, my uncle said oh, I was going to crash." Is your uncle a property millionaire? Well, yeah. shush, shush the f up, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, I refuse to listen to anyone that is less successful than me in property. Yes. If they're more successful, I'm happy to listen, definitely. But if someone knows, if someone's got less success than me, how dare they tell me they know more about property or they tell me it's going to crash? They're just a bunch of idiots. These Absolutely. idiots letting off their mouth saying it's going to crash. And, um, and guys, I, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there, and I know that I, I really went through it when I got my first investment property. When I told family and friends, everyone was like, oh, you're going to lose money. The market's, you know, going to crash. And I just turned around and said, is that from your experience? Do you have properties? You know, and you, you are going to get naysayers out there, but you want to make sure. One thing I made sure was obviously, George, you were my coach. And I wanted to make sure I had a coach with real life results. And guess who your coach was? Robert Kiyosaki. Exactly. So the deal, the deal is though, um, we're not taught this at school. That's the unfortunate thing. So even though I'm having, I'm lashing out about these people, I, I do feel for these people that are scared. Yeah, of because, course. Because of course they're scared because they know nothing about property. Right? So these people know nothing about property, and they've heard all these people make money. And they've heard of these people lose money. They don't know what's from what, right? And there's a lot of people out there giving some really crap information about property. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so many people like, I saw an ad the other day on YouTube, some guy saying, get 10 properties in 10 months. I saw that one. Yeah. 10 properties in 10 months. What the dickens? 
Like, Are you look, kidding? look, is it possible? Maybe for one or two people, but it just it just doesn't. It's just stupid. Like, I, I, I don't, don't I don't know how to fathom that as an investor myself. Ten properties in ten months. It's a property a month. Yeah, look, I've had a few people say, you know, there's a few people out there saying that sort of stuff, and good luck to them. But for the average investor, right, one property a year is enough. Yeah. And that's all absolutely. you need. Yep, absolutely. You know? So that's all you need. You don't need 10 properties in 10 months. Also, that's stressful. Like, that's a full-time job. You're not going to do that part-time. I mean, we we invest part-time. We get the property doing it. They're lifting. We live our life. That's the fact of it. We don't want to work for our properties. We want the properties working for us. So the fact of it is, you know, if you're trying to accumulate 10 in 10 months, you're going to be hard-pressed. Yeah, good luck. Good luck if you've got kids and you've got a job and you're working, you know, all this kind of other stuff. I mean, that would just totally consume your life. I mean, it really comes back to that. Um, How are you going to get the finance? Like, we know we've got some very wealthy investors on our program, you know. We've got some people making millions a year, and they would find it hard to get ten in ten months. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Right, and, and they and make millions. They make millions. And the thing like, is, it comes back to that that mentality of you know, you know, this get rich quick scheme. It's a slow and steady but, that we've got. But, but also, but also, um, the other challenge is, you know, one of our rules is you do one property at a time, and you finish the project, and then look at what you've done, and make sure you did it right because. It's iterations. Each property you learn more. Now, you can't, if you do 11 properties at once, which is what it is in 10 months, because you can't do a deal that quick. They're doing 10 properties at once. What if you got it wrong and then you did it 11 <laughs> times wrong? Like, it doesn't make sense. It's like a domino what, theory would happen. Look, it's, it's not a safe way to do things. And the problem is, people like that are giving, I just, can I say this, even though it's a podcast? He's an oh, idiot. Hey, it's right. 7, 20, 23 kids. Block your ears. Go on. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he's probably on his channel going, 11 properties, 11 months. Yeah. Like, you know, go on. Shake and bake. <laughs> I'd like to see some real life results, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And not just one person that did it by accident. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, look, guys, we're at the end. Um, we've had some really good questions come through. Thank you so much for the in- interaction. Um, we have to kind of switch off now because... Well, guys, guys, if you want to join me and Robert Kiyosaki, type in hashtag emergency. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just put emerge- hashtag emergency. Or- Why don't we go hashtag SOS? Okay. I love that. That's a lot I easier. That. I love that hashtag- Abathon SOS. SOS, yeah, absolutely. Not possible finance takes a long time. Exactly. Thank you so much. Yep. So, yeah, SOS, if you um, – so reiterate that again, George, this Saturday. This Saturday, Robert Kiyosaki and I are doing a an emergency live and a loop emergency meeting, emergency, the Great Wolf Summit, and what we're going to be talking about is, you know, what you will do when petrol is $3 a litre. We know what we're going to do. We're going to become resilient. We're going to create a passive income. We're not going to avoid investing just because everyone's telling us not to invest. What we're going to do is we're going to be smart about things. We're not going to do 11 properties in 11 months. We're going to do one at a time. Yep. We're going to get it right and slowly move forward and become resilient. Because the only way back from what's happening in the economy and all this weird stuff is to make a passive income and really replace your income. 
Yep. And seriously, if you haven't replaced your income through property, that should be a number one goal. Seriously should. Because number that, one. Totally. That, that should be a number one goal because that's really going to serve you for the rest of your life. Yep. Right? And, and, and listen, guys, one thing, remember, you're only one property away from where you need to be. Got to get started. Doesn't matter when you get started, as long as you get started. That's right. Absolutely. Right. And look, we're at the end. Guys, it was amazing. We've I got to get onto our... We're going to go into our private group. Private group with our members only, where we get into the real nitty-gritty. So, um, hey, thank you for everyone that's listening. George, thank you so much for your wise wisdom. You're always amazing, fascinating, and the information Linda, is... Linda, my friend, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to have to come to Melbourne and visit you. I think so soon. I've, I've been seeing all these amazing restaurants that you're going to. And a friend of yes. mine, Kim, he goes to amazing restaurants in Melbourne. We're going to join forces and go to some great restaurants. we we got to join forces, absolutely. That would be amazing. Fantastic. Okay, yeah, Freedom Fighters, have a great night. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Fantastic. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for all our listeners around the world. If you found this podcast valuable, please share with someone that might find this useful and please join our tribe of purpose-driven investors, increasing income and impact in our Facebook group, Positive Property. Please note, we have a multi-million dollar property portfolio and a passive income. I've become incredibly successful in investing in property. The fact of it is, however, many people may find investing in property challenging. It's not easy and it takes a lot of hard work. However, becoming educated, to make an informed decision and having the right advisors gives you the tools you need to succeed. The most important part of this formula, however, is to actually take action and apply that knowledge. It is important to understand the information I share is of a general nature only and is not taking into account your unique circumstances. If you're considering investing in any asset class, you need to seek the advice of an independent professional advisor who will be able to look at your specific situation. Be sure your advisors actually achieve the kind of results you're seeking. Many won't have, so beware. We've taken great care putting those educational resources together. We'd be surprised if you didn't find any errors or omissions. If you do, our legal team says we have to say we're not responsible for those. In fact, as with all things, even your success, we're not responsible. That responsibility always has and always will come down to you and the actions you take. We're passionate about supporting you in that process and helping you increase your ability to create wealth, live the life you desire, provide all the things you dream of for you and your family. Thank you.